football pod on OTB Sports. And the best thing about Dublin, all through their great period, was the fact that they had these characters that when it came to the big moments and embraced the ground shaking in Crow Park. The football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, uh, remarkable scenes in Dunedin at the end of the game and uh, Ireland are back in the series and a big, big game this weekend. Um, Delighted to say Gregor Paul is back with us. Gregor, good morning, good evening to you. Morning. Um, So this is interesting because like uh, certainly after the first game I I was very much... uh, glass half empty there were some people telling me you know actually you know what if a few things go Ireland's way we can get back into it uh, colour me a doubter and now all of a sudden it's like uh, we're, we're fully back on board the bandwagon and we're very excited about it but at the same time there's this mad thing going on where the coaching ticket is really under so much pressure in New Zealand that this is like one of the biggest games in New Zealand rugby in the last number of years because if they lose there's a possibility the coach is going to get sacked so what's happening what's, what's it like is the, is the atmosphere building feverishly ahead of this game yeah like I think so um, there is definitely pressure I mean we've talked about this already that the, the pressure was on um, really from the end of last year when the All Blacks finished with a loss in Dublin and then a loss in Paris so when you're the All Blacks, t- t- uh, consecutive defeats gets everyone really worried. It's you know, where are we going? What are we doing? But they've backed that up with um, you know what was a reasonably convincing performance in Auckland, and then I don't know what happened in Dunedin, but you know Ireland went forward, um, really played well. Were a different team, sharper, did all their homework, came back better prepared, more hungry. And New Zealand, well, they went backwards, didn't they? And now there's some serious questions building about this coaching team because you know, we talked last week on the show and I said, look, the All Blacks always accelerate after they've got that nervy opener out of the way. It didn't happen. They didn't have anything to throw at Ireland. Um, they showed very little passion um, prior to the point of losing you know, their, car- their players to cards and desperation kicked in. Then they had a bit of fight about them. <laughs> But there's a real sense now that there's a there's a body of evidence building up against this coaching group that says recidivist defending here in terms of getting beaten up by Ireland becoming a bit of a theme of this reign. They've got two tests in South Africa after they're here, and if Ireland can beat them up, goodness knows what the block pack could do to them. So, look, are they playing to hold on to their jobs uh, for the coaching group? Uh, it's possible. I mean, New Zealand doesn't really do kind of um, axing coaches midway through World Cup cycles, hasn't really done that. But we're getting to the point where if there's not a performance out of this team on Saturday, it's going to be very difficult to see um, why this coaching group can be retained in its entirety. It might not mean all of them being bumped, but Foster, Ian Foster, the head coach, might have to think about jettisoning some of his assistant coaches and packaging a different team. It, it, it's interesting because if they don't get a performance against Ireland this week, as you say, there's no reason to suspect that then they'll get performances against the Springboks either. And there's now, no. it looks like Ireland and France are beginning to show teams a bit of a template about how it's possible to get under the this current New Zealand team's skin. Is there is there some is there an alternative game plan? Is there an alternative way of playing for New Zealand and what they're doing at the moment, or is it just about accuracy? Is, like, are the problems very fixable? Are there personnel issues? Maybe, what's at the heart uh, of the difficulties that Foster has at the moment? 
Well, that, that that is the question. I think, uh, and look, I don't think there's other players out there. I don't think there's a whole series of guys that they haven't picked that you could bring in and go, hey, presto, it's a different team. There might be one or two, as always. But largely, everyone agree they got the right players on the park. And you and I look at that team and you'd go, yeah, that that, that should be a pretty good team. There's no, no shortage of players there that, that are household names and have shown they can play at this level. So the, the problem at the moment appears to be 10. Just having a little bit of a problem with the line there. It's going to be technical, I think he said. There you go. Mm. Perfect moment for that to happen. First Hawkeye, now this. There you go. No, that line's gone, so we'll we'll uh, we'll get Gregor back. Uh, it is interesting though. Like if you got the opportunity to cause chaos in New Zealand a, w- a year out from the World Cup, you have to do it. Mm. So like from an Ireland perspective, big 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 prize. But like the, the World Cup, like who do in the Irish head? Is this over? No. If if they if they win the series, if they win next Saturday night, no. Then then they say yes, we can win a World Cup. Uh, well, uh, I mean, they they would say that they've thought that before, but then mm. they've been caught repeatedly in you know in matches that they could and should have won. We couldn't should have beaten Wales in mm. the World Cup in 2011. We surely should have been able to. Uh, look after Argentina mm. and then, but we couldn't because we you know various reasons but um. how is the um, <laughs> like the thing about Sexton is 37 today so that's amazing but like are we ever any closer to this transition for the World Cup or is he just there and still the still the dominant man at 38 we have no choice mm. like we have no choice even though we four other four like three or four other out halves yeah not not good enough at the moment to play and um and I, like we can't now give somebody game time enough game time. Mm. It's it's Sexton or bust. Yeah, so it's kind of like you, you can see the difference. So we played really well for fifteen twenty minutes. He got injured. Uh, and they scored a try apart. and we fell apart. Yeah, he played the whole game. We played really well. Like it's it's not a coincidence. It's like you know, world player of the year now definitely in the conversation for best ever Irish player. So like taking him out of the equation for the World Cup. There's a really good chance he gets injured in the World Cup because, like, that's the injury yeah. profile. Yeah, I, wa- I was interested while well, just reading the the player um, rankings from Peter O'Reilly in the Sunday Times yesterday, where he said Gibson Park was essentially the best scrum half in the world at the moment. I, which I thought was because I thought I thought Ireland had an issue with scrum half for trying to obviously get over Conor Murray and see, but is Gibson Park just become that that good all of a sudden? I know he's not necessarily young, but um, best in the world, he was saying. Like, I, look, I don't know. I mean, I think it was a big statement. I thought it is. It is yeah. a big statement. Like um, they have a they have a lot of good scrum halves, and mm. and it's like uh, scrum halves look great when the forward pack is winning the game. Mm. But then, so yeah. look, I, I I'm just always very wary of like, oh, we are world class at this, because then the next game you go out and there's a few mistakes, and it's like, you know, he he's playing really really well. Mm. I think that's the how will Ringrose get out, come out of his. He's not going to play next week. Mm. So he's like he gets a twelve day exemption and that's it. Like yeah, he's he's gone, which um, you know it's really unfortunate because he was he was like cresting into the form that we thought he was always capable of, like being international quality. Mm. He, he, like he's obviously a very very talented player, but it's the the level of consistency of performance that we're getting from Ringers at the moment. Every time he plays, he plays really well. So mm. we can go back uh, to to rejoin Gregor Paul. Gregor, you were just saying that um, the issues that. Uh, that they have it's not about the personnel and, and like it's, it's I guess really one of the questions I'm, I'm kind of hinting at here is if Joe Schmidt was to come in and take charge of this team would it look very different it would look I don't think the personnel would look different tactically structurally 
Yeah, probably. Look, the biggest single problem we've got watching the All Blacks is at the moment, we don't really know what they're trying to become. Don't really know what type of game plan they they've got in mind when they're playing. When they played it in Park in Test One, we we got a better sense of it because they they had a, a plan that day. We'll, we'll attack Ireland at the set piece. We'll go hard at them at the breakdown. We'll muscle up in the middle of the field and hit them hard, and and try and play off counter attack if the chance comes. And it worked. But then they you know they picked Scott Barrett at, at blindside to do that for them to give them that you know set piece um, heft that they were after. And then they go to Dunedin and Barrett, uh, Whitelock's not available, so they play three open sides. Now, you couldn't, you couldn't mix that up anymore if you tried. Uh, and so they ended up in Dunedin with no real idea about what type of game plan they wanted to play. And, you know, people can make a big thing about the cards, but really the cards were a symptom of the pressure that New Zealand were under, partly because Ireland put them under pressure, but partly because New Zealand offered... Uh, you know, nothing in return. I haven't seen that much of an insipid performance from the All Blacks for a very long time. So could Joe come in and, and, and give them a bit more of a vision and understanding of what they're trying to achieve? Yes. But would that fix them in their entirety? Don't know. Personally, I think they needed, I think they need a new forwards coach because the story has been the same since November. In fact, it's been going back a bit before that, that they're, they're not getting enough um, oomph grunt uh, I don't know what you want to call it out of their pack at the moment. They're up and down. And, you know, Ireland, France, England, South Africa play with a consistency of physicality and set-piece execution that New Zealand are not matching at the moment. Well, actually, on that, Gregor, so, like, the Ireland reactions, obviously, you know, uh, lots, lots of celebration and so forth. But uh, on the other in the other context, history is written by the winners. Before the first test, there was question marks over New Zealand, how good they were. You said this was one of the most insipid performances you've ever seen from the Kiwis. Their discipline was bad. So are we getting carried away? No, you're a good team. You've you got to separate the two things here. Like, Ireland are good. There's no doubt about that. And they're a better team now. And this is what people in New Zealand are beginning to realise. You, you know, Ireland were good in November and they're better here in July. So Andy Fowler's is taking that team on a journey. And uh, it, probably everyone in Ireland will, you know, get a bit nervous if I say this. But he looks capable of making Ireland a better team again when they go to the World Cup next year. So everyone in Ireland can think, whoa, we've got a we've got a pathway with this guy. We're on a we're on a journey somewhere. New Zealand, we're not on that at the moment. So no, Ireland shouldn't feel that um, you know, they didn't achieve anything. It was still you know, like even though the old legs didn't play well, they defended amazingly well um for forty five minutes, fifty minutes with men down, didn't they? So look, that's the resilience of that team. Now look, New Zealand just need to find who they are at the moment. And they don't have a they don't have a good sense of that. We'll get a better sense um, this weekend because this is desperation now for the All Blacks. This is everything on the line for them. And if they can't deliver something against Ireland, even if they don't win the game, but they've got to put something on the park that says, this is who we are, this is how we want to play, uh, and this is this is the, the, the journey that we're going to take towards the World Cup because that's the problem at the moment. We We haven't seen it. Do you expect a change in personnel away from the three open sides and, and maybe there will be, that might have some impact? Yeah, well, I think Sammy Whitelock will come back because it sounds like he's tracking back towards uh, full fitness after a head knock. Uh, that would put Barrett back into the into the back row. And that that will probably be it in terms of the forwards, not sure. Uh, I think the, the hooker they bring off the bench... He might start, uh, Samasoni Takeaho. He is a brilliant um, post-contact ball runner. He's a little ball. 
Um, and he, he would he would fit the brief a bit more at the moment of punching up the middle of the field and, and causing Ireland a bit of distress. So he might start. Uh, and Will Jordan, I would imagine, will play from the beginning. Now he's all recovered. He's uh, uh, and David. He's, and David have the little comeback. Yeah, I mean, Will Jordan terrifies us. Just uh, the stuff that he did in, in Dublin was like, wow, this guy's very very good. Uh, yeah, you know, genuinely world class. And um, so even those slight changes might tilt the balance back in favour of New Zealand. Um, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about the the journey that Andy Farrell is on. A tweet went viral yesterday from. Um, one of the Welsh rugby podcasters saying, "Oh, congratulations, Ireland, peaking a year out from a World Cup again." <laughs> it's like, yeah. The, the, I think the one thing that gives me a little bit of confidence about that is that Andy Farrell is continuously evolving his team, and this isn't um, this isn't as good as it gets. Like that, actually, he's getting better performances and seems to be able to absorb it from. But that's not what you're getting. They're not the vibes you're getting from Ian Foster at the moment. Nah, not not at the moment. And that doesn't mean to say they won't come, but. I think the problem is we've had two two years now, two and a bit years, and there's been no obvious progress, despite coaches always tell you there has been, don't they? They're all working incredibly hard behind the scenes. We've changed a few things that we've been doing. Well, all very good and well, but we're not actually seeing that in, in terms of results, in terms of how you're playing the game. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. We, we, we do know that there have been periods... In the, in the last two years when they have put something together and you've gone, oh, yep, that's the All Blacks, get that, you know, the pass, the catch, the speed of how they play, yep, they're all there. But they haven't been able to produce it consistently and there's a wee bit of a feeling that some of the, some of the skill level, some of the sharpness that we used to see inherently in the New Zealand game is maybe um, not quite where it needs to be, whether that's because we've had COVID and internalization of super rugby same guys playing against the same guys for too long haven't been exposed to south africa and super rugby which i think has had a, a bit of an impact because we haven't you know the guys here to play the australian guys are quite similar the ruck and run teams they just haven't confronted big bruisers the way that they used to and that's probably hurting them a wee bit yeah, and that's going to be interesting to see longer term what the impact of the South African teams coming and playing week in, week out against the European teams or the Irish, Scottish and Welsh teams. Maybe ultimately that's going to massively benefit um, rugby in this part of the world and that might be a kind of long-term power issue for uh, for New Zealand. Like, is it is it existential crisis time if Ireland win at the weekend? Pretty close. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's made that way because what follows is two tests in South Africa. So, you know, you're out of the frying pan into the fire at that point. So like that that that's what's bothering everybody because if you know if it's two, if they lose a series at home to Ireland and then you're on the road to South Africa, the 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 big question is, okay, what everyone's beginning to get more worried about, I suppose, is the fact that you look at the World Cup draw. And New Zealand definitely play France in the opening game, and they're highly likely to be playing one of Ireland or South Africa in the quarterfinal, depending what happens. And if we're, you know, if they can only win one in every four times against Ireland going into the tournament, and if it's only one in every four against South Africa, why would you keep that coaching group? Because they've shown, you know, seventy-five percent of the time they can't beat the two teams that they're going to need to be able to beat. What would give you confidence that they're going to be able to change that in 14 months' time? So, look, New Zealand are probably doing what Ireland haven't done, and we're definitely not peaking <laughs> on the way <laughs> on the, you know, a year out before the World Cup, which is one good thing. Uh, but I guess the question Kiwis are having is, okay, you're definitely not peaking, but is there any prospect of a peak coming between now and uh, November next year? 
um, everybody in this part of the world has been picking up on Peter O'Mahony's um, uh, a little exchange with Sam Kane <laughs> on the ref mic. Uh, yeah. How did that go down in uh, New Zealand? Uh, well, I don't think that the old blokes uh, find it terrifically funny. I I giggled quite hard. I do I do like quite a good sledge, and he nailed it quite well. And um, pro- probably hurt Sam to hear that in the heat of the battle like that. But look, it was. Um, Test track, but look, it's good because I think it, it's showing the level of rivalry between these two, two teams. It's building up the drama. I quite like the fact there's a bit of edge growing between the players. There's a bit of um, they, they're getting to know each other. They've played enough now to know enough about each other. Uh, look, who who isn't excited about um, a, a thriller in Wellington, a decider in Wellington? That, that that's going to be fantastic. And look, Omani, great line. Will he regret it on Saturday night? He might, he might not. He might have another one up his sleeve if I would win again. So, yeah. look, it, it's, who doesn't love that? It's good fun, isn't it? Poke, poke the bear, see what happens. It's, uh, it's mm. good, Yeah, so maybe Sam Kane has the game of his life. Um, sometimes this happens. Uh, great to have you with us, Gregor. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 